0: Peace comes from justification, but we're able to have that justification because of what Jesus Christ did. We have that right standing where we're at peace with God because it is through Jesus. And if we do not have faith
1: in Christ, then
0: we will never have peace with God.
1: Are you looking for meaning or a word from God that's relevant to your life? Are you searching for a better understanding of who God is? Well, you're in the right place. You found the Gary Talks About God podcast. This is a weekly podcast that comes to you from the pulpit of Red Bank Missionary Baptist Church in Germantown, North Carolina. The podcast is hosted by Red Bank senior pastor, Gary Sanders. Now let's get ready to take that walk through God's Word with our pastor, teacher, and friend. Hey, he's that guy we call Gary.
0: Isaiah chapter 9, and I know that technically we are one week after on Advent, and Advent ended last week, so I understand Uh, But I do want us to finish this up. I I figure as long as you're in December, you can preach a Christmas message. I I think that that's fair game. There's a Sunday in uh, December, it's Christmas. And so Isaiah chapter 9 is where we are answering the question, uh, who is this coming Messiah? And as we have been through this and we've looked at it, we have seen three answers thus far. Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, Everlasting Father. And this morning we're going to see the fourth, which is Prince of Peace. And we have seen how each title works together, points to his humanity, and also to his deity, and how as each one, he comes and fills everything that we need. And, and he, person, not personifies, but he, he perfects each one of those titles. And so this morning we're coming to Prince of Peace, which is one, uh, that, that probably is a good way to end 2020, to be honest with you, uh, because 2020 has, uh, I, don't, I don't know if peaceful would be a word that anybody would describe this year. It's been pretty much anything but peaceful this year, and it is peace that we need, and I think it's peace that we're praying that we will have in 2021. So this morning, before we dive into what that means, let's again read Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2. and on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. So this morning we're going to examine what it means that the coming Messiah is the Prince of Peace. And as we think about it this morning, we're going to look at it as it relates to four directions. If you want to think of a compass, you know, it points off in north, south, east, and west. This morning, the four directions of peace, if you will. And the first one is this. The Prince of Peace gives us an upward peace. He gives us an upward peace. And this is, by and away, the most important, okay, for the other three really flow from this one. And what it tells us is that as Prince of Peace, we will be able to have peace with God. And that's what we need. That's what our soul longs for, to have that peace with God. And the reason that that is so important, it takes a minute to understand this, is that I believe that a lot of times humanity thinks that we are at peace with God. Uh, um, if you were to ask somebody, are you at peace with God, your answer would probably be yes, because there doesn't appear to be any obvious hostilities, right? Okay, let's, let's think of it this way. If you did something wrong... And the moment you did something wrong, or not you, the person beside you did something wrong and uh, profane God or broke one of God's commandments, Stop pointing fingers, and, and did something wrong, and at that moment, God sends brimstone down from heaven and hits that person. You could go, that person was at war with God. We, we would see it, right? But that doesn't happen, right? I mean, thankfully, thank God it does not happen. <laughs> right? No one would be here this morning. No one would be watching this morning, all right? We would all be smoldering carcasses from lightning bolts. So because there is not what appears to be obvious hostilities, we don't think that we're at war with God. If you want to think of what is happening in the world, think of the Korean conflict, right? When you look at the Korean conflict, America is not actively at war with Korea. North and South Korea are not actively at war with each other. Yep, there's this demilitarized zone with guards and and tanks and rockets and soldiers on both sides where at any moment it could become active. But that doesn't mean there's not hostility. That does not mean that there is not tension. And so we are in that standoff with God. We are in, in a hostile environment with God, even though There doesn't appear to be any obvious signs of that. We're at war with Him. Our our sinful actions and our defiance of His authority puts us at a place of war with God. Romans 5, 10. For while we were enemies with God, we we are enemies of God. All right. Enemy means there's hostility, there's war, there's, there's, there's not peace there. This is the state that we find ourselves in before we know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. This is the state where many people today find themselves in with God. They think they're at peace with God, but they're fooled by the fact that they're not dodging bullets or lightning bolts. They are enemies with God. So how do we have peace with God? How is it even possible to achieve that? Well, we have to again step back and realize we can't achieve it. There's nothing that we can do to bring peace with God in and of ourselves. But it has been achieved for us. And because it has been achieved for us, we are then allowed to participate in it. When you go to Romans, and I, I was reading Romans chapter 5 just a minute ago, when you read the first verse of Romans chapter 5, it tells us Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, We have peace with God. So there it is. There's the process. We've been justified. We have peace, and we have it because then it tells us how we're able to have this through our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace comes from justification, but we're able to have that justification because of what Jesus Christ did. We have that right standing with God. We have that right standing where we're at peace with God because it is through Jesus. And if we do not have faith in Christ, then we will never have peace with God. He continues to write in verse 2, Through Him we have also obtained access by faith into His grace with which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope and the glory of God. So because of that, now we have access. We have that that peace has been brokered and been resolved. We have access. We can come to God now. That's why we can come and lift up our prayers to Him. That's why we can come and worship Him because we can come into His presence. And it's all because of Jesus. But God, while we were still sinners, right? But God shows His love for us while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. That's that's the message. That's what brings us peace, is that Christ died for us. And it's an amazing thing to think about. Here we are, actively at war with God. And, And let's be honest, we would lose that battle very quickly. God says, you know what? I don't want to keep fighting. I want us to be at peace. I want the relationship to be restored to like it was before. I want to bring it back so that I can walk with you and you can walk with me and I can talk with you and you can talk with me and I can lead you and guide you and you will be my people and I will be my God. But we've got to end this peace and God says, or end this hostility and God says, I'm going to do it. Think about it again in the context of actual battles. If a war is raging, who usually asks for peace? The losing side, right? And you can go back through history and look. The losing side always says, all right, that's enough. I, I want peace. How can we establish peace and the winning side says, all right, here are the terms and conditions for peace. You're going to disarm. You're going to do this. You're going to pay this amount of money back. You're going to get rid of this. You're going to start making efforts in this area, right? You can go back and you can look at the the, the treaty with Japan, the, with Germany in World War II, and, and, and all of these things. And you can look, and it's always the side that is losing that asks for peace. And then the victor side says, this is what you have going to do. I do not know of a conflict where the person who is winning says, you know what, I want peace with you. Usually when the person is winning, they're going to keep pushing the front until they either completely obliterate you or get you to a point where you absolutely cry out for peace. But with God, it's it's exactly the opposite. God is the victor. God is winning. He says, wait a minute, I want peace with you. And I'm going to offer peace through Jesus Christ. And if you'll come come to Him through faith, you'll be justified and you will have peace with me and the hostilities will be removed. Isn't that amazing that God was willing to do that because He wants us to have an upward peace with Him? But then secondly, the Prince of Peace gives us an inward peace. Gives us an inward peace. Once peace with God has been reestablished, then we can start working on our peace that, that, that we need inside of ourselves. Right, we, how many of you have had a night where you, you couldn't sleep? Right, you, you went to bed, but you, you you had a troubled heart. Sleep was elusive. You know, it, it, you weren't at peace. You weren't rested, so you, you couldn't go to sleep. Right, the, the inward peace was missing. But Jesus comes to us, and it's really interesting. He says to us that we can have. This peace, that inward peace, right? John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So here's Jesus telling the disciples, says, look, I'm going to go away. That, that's the context of John 14, right? They've, they've been in the upper room. They've celebrated together. Uh, uh, Judas has left. And now he looks at them and says, hey, by the way, I'm leaving you. You can imagine that in that moment, their hearts become troubled. Their hearts start. What are we going to do? What you're, you're leaving? We can't. Every everything that they just that they have known is about to change. And Jesus looks at them and says, "My peace, I give to you. I, I'm leave. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid." He's saying, "Look, when I leave, I don't want you to be in turmoil. So I'm giving you my peace." Now think about that. For three years, the disciples have been with Jesus. Do you think that they've noticed his peace? I bet that they have. Think about all the times that Jesus was teaching and people came out and challenged his authority. And yet, he he didn't turn and, and, and just lose control of himself. He still had that inner peace. Did he rebuke them? Yes, but he still had that inner peace. How about the times when uh, uh, the Pharisees would call him? I mean, he said, it's only by Satan that you drive out demons. Good heavens. Yet he still had that inner peace. And so the disciples are noticing that, and they notice that Jesus has that inner peace because he is at peace with God. Alright. Jesus is God. We understand that. We know about the Trinity, but at the same time, because of the, the peace that He has in the, in the Godhead, in the Trinity, with God the Father, He's at peace in Himself as He is on this earth. And Jesus says, I'm going to give you that same type of inner peace. I, I, I'm giving it to you. Isn't that nice? He, he doesn't attach any strings. He just says, I, I, I'm giving it to you, but he he says something in there that that's very interesting, right And what he says is is this: he says, Let not your hearts be troubled. let not your hearts be troubled. Now, the problem with that is this. There appears to be a way that we can give our peace away. That we can let our hearts be troubled. If your heart is troubled, then you're not at peace. Right? It is probably because you have let that peace go away. See, the peace of Jesus in your heart and a troubled heart cannot coexist. Right? Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. It's a command. Don't let them. So don't don't give away the peace that I give you. Now, I know what you're thinking, because when I, I say things like this, I love how you always quote Scripture back to me, and you're thinking, Gary, I know in John 16, 33, that Jesus says that He has told us these things because in the world we will have tribulation. All right, and I know that's what you're thinking. Jesus has said our lives are not going to be easy. It's going to be one of of tribulation and turmoil. So how in the world can we have peace if we're living in a world that has tribulation and turmoil? Well, the answer is, is easy, and you already know this, because the tribulation is from external sources. The tribulation is from people making fun of you for your faith. The, people, the, the, the tribulation is, is from society saying you're on the wrong side of history if you cling to the biblical truths. Uh, Jesus is the only way to be saved of heaven and hell and, and, and things of that nature. You're on the wrong side of history. The tribulation comes from somebody mocking you or, or making fun of you. And the world coming at you is attempting to destroy your peace, but they can't. Because Jesus says, I'm giving you my peace, which is an internal peace that doesn't matter about the tribulation that the world throws at us. The world can can throw all kinds of things at us as much as they want to. It can rock our little rowboat like crazy with waste, but it's all right. We can still have peace in the middle of that rowboat because it's the inner peace that we have in knowing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And that peace is not going to go away. That peace is not rocked by the turmoil that's happening outside. So we, we, we need to make sure that we don't give our peace away. It's almost like Jesus, when He says that to the disciples and says that to us, is He gives us an opportunity to demonstrate our faith. To prove to the world that even though the world is assailing us and, and ridiculing us and making fun of us. And, and then not even that, we just the normal things that you go through through a, in, in, a, in a lifetime that is not necessarily the world bringing tribulation on you, but the loss of job, uh, the passing of a loved one, the, the, the normal things that happen in life, we can still have peace and we can demonstrate to the world that it doesn't take away our peace because we have an inner peace that the world doesn't have. So the Prince of Peace gives us an inner peace. But then the Prince of Peace gives us an outward peace. He gives us an outward peace. And this is a peace that we display to the world, right? Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are the peacemakers. And he blesses them. So is there, we, we have a responsibility as his disciples to go out and to, to try to bring about Peace. Romans 12, 18 tells us that if possible, live at peace with all people. For as far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. So we're called to have outward peace. And he tells us, look, And we've talked about this before. There's a caveat. God in His His grace gives us this caveat and says, you know, sometimes it's just not going to be possible to have peace with everyone. It doesn't take away our responsibility to attempt it. But if if we're going to be honest this morning, we all know the one person that's only happy when they're unhappy. We, We know the one person that's only happy when they're making other people unhappy. And even though that is true, it does not give us permission to stop being a peacemaker. Because you know what the opposite of a peacemaker is, right? It's not a trick question. It's a troublemaker. So you've, you've got a choice. You can either be a peacemaker or you can be a troublemaker. Now, if we're going to get, again, be honest, it's a lot easier to be a troublemaker. And a lot of times it makes us feel better. If somebody is making trouble for us, it just makes us feel good. Like, okay. I can make some trouble for you. It is, it's, it's harder to be a peacemaker, especially when you're trying to do it and the person doesn't want to be at peace with you. Yet we're told this is what we're supposed to do. Blessed are the peacemakers. Right? We're, we're called to do that. Just a couple steps on this. First, you, you know, before you do anything, talk to God. All right, get your heart right, God. I mean, even if it's a simple prayer, is God help me be a peacemaker, not a troublemaker. Help me be a peacemaker. Sometimes we need really simple prayers, right? We don't need really long, flowy, elaborate prayers. <laughs> we we just we we need th- those prayers. God, I want to make trouble, but I need to be be at peace. I need to be a peacemaker. Then then go and talk to the person, right? I, I find this interesting and frustrating. That God puts the impetus on us when the other person is upset with us or the other person is, is, is causing us trouble, that God puts the impetus on us to take the first step and to make peace. Remember what Jesus says? He says, you know, before you bring an offering to the altar, if you are mad at someone, you know, leave the offering and go and be reconciled. All right, you're you're in the temple, you're in the you're you're ready to put that offering on on the, the altar. You're you're right there and you remember, and and, and you're in the middle of worship, and it comes to mind, and God says, you know, take the offering, set it to the side, leave the temple, go and make peace. The impetus is on us. And and here's one of those things where I just, some of you are going to say, but but why? This is the best pastoral answer I can have. Because Jesus said, "I, I don't like pulling that card out a lot. You know, I usually like to you know, give you a really deep theological answer, but sometimes the ones... You can always tell when I find it difficult to follow Jesus because the answer is because Jesus said. So I'll just give you a little insight there. But at the same time, we see it in, the way, in what He did, right? Jesus came to us to make peace. Everything that He calls us to do, He's modeled for us to do. He left the peace of heaven to come and make peace with us. He came down so that we may have Peace. And if you follow those steps and you've done all that you have called to do and the person does not, off, does not accept your offer, then you've done what you're supposed to do. You still don't become a troublemaker. You continue to be a peacemaker, but that person may not want to live at peace and you've done you, you move on. But never let the opportunity to, to create peace in the world pass you by. Because he says, blessed are the peacemakers. Right? Jesus wants us to go out and to make peace. Do you remember the, 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 what he attaches to the end of that? Blessed are the peacemakers for what? Do you remember? For theirs is the kingdom of God. So think about that. Why, why would that be important? What's going to be a defining definition? I mean, there's so many things that are going to define heaven, but what's going to ultimately define his kingdom? We sung about it in Joy to the World, right? right? There, there's peace, there's everlasting peace. His, his kingdom is going to be defined as one as peace. So go now and make peace while you're on earth, because if you do that and you demonstrate that, you're going to be blessed because yours is the kingdom of God. Again, a little view of heaven here on this earth. But then finally, the Prince of Peace gives us forward peace. Gives us forward peace. Now, this is one of those things where I had three really good, you know, the upward, the the inward, the outward, and I had to come with forward peace because it just I had to keep had had to keep it a little alliterated. And what I mean by that is this. We look into the future to see a time when peace will reign over all the earth. We need to understand that. What we see now is not always going to be what it's going to be. I don't know if I've said this before, and I don't know if you've thought about it, but we sing joy to the world at Christmas, right? When you go and you read the lyrics, it's not about His first coming. If you think about it, every, and I hate to say everything because I didn't go back and look at each and every lyric. The lyrics point to when He comes back the second time. Because many of the things that we sing in joy to the world, is not happening now. But there is coming a time when he steps down at his second advent, when he comes down back not as babe in the manger, but as king of kings. And when he does, he will bring peace with him that rule over all the earth. The peace that we have seen and read about that is described as a lion laying down with the lamb. A a peace where swords are turned into plowshares. Peace where a child can play next to a a deadly snake and not have to worry about it. A, A peace that encompasses the entire earth and also every aspect of life. A peace that will never end, a peace that will never fade, a peace that will never tarnish because it is a perfect peace with God. It's a perfect peace within. It's a perfect peace with everyone around us. That forward peace that we're looking forward to really and truly is a restoration of the peace that reigned in the Garden of Eden. First two chapters and the last two chapters of the Bible give us a picture of the peace that originally existed, that God originally created, and the peace that He is going to reinstate for all eternity. A peace which, once again, is going to be defined by God being our God and us being His people. A peace which is defined by us walking with God and God walking with us. A peace this morning that we are eagerly looking forward to. It is a peace that the Messiah came to give us. It's a peace that we have only through Jesus Christ. You know, it's a peace that we need to allow to reign in our hearts every single day. And it's a peace that we need to carry with us into the next year.
1: You've been listening to the Gary Talks About God podcast. Are you looking for a church? Well, Red Bank Missionary Baptist Church is a community of believers who exist to glorify God and see transformed lives through the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can find us on the web at www.redbankmbc.com. Also, come visit us on Sunday at 8104 Red Bank Road in Germantown, North Carolina. Did you like this podcast? We put one out each and every week, so don't forget to subscribe. We hope this has been a blessing to you, and we thank you for listening.